What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello And welcome to another episode Of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos Of course And man I got some stuff I want to get off my chest On today's show I hope everybody had a great weekend First and foremost But I've been trying to turn over A new leaf, right? I've been trying to practice What I preach on a far deeper level than ever before. And this is incredibly difficult because the topic that I'm trying to practice more empathy on, right? I I, I always talk about having empathy on other individuals and trying to consider where they might be coming from, the shit that they're going through, right? Before you react, before you allow it to affect you. But in one place that it's, you know, easier said than done, maybe more than anywhere else, is the world of politics, right? And Many of us have beliefs or ideas that are so deeply ingrained in us that it's hard to kind of see the other side or the other uh, man, the other person's point of view. And it's why we're living in such a divided country right now. And I've kind of been having a bit of a kind of come to Jesus moment, I think, if you will, 
of where is my place in that? What role am I playing in it, right? Because we see it in media and it happens on on both sides. You know, they are playing to their base. They are playing to their audience and riling up their audience in their own way, right? And of course, I have my own belief systems and and I have things that I believe and and, you know, I'm not going to change uh, you know, my, my core morals for, for anyone or anything. But I also think I can be a part of the problem or I can try and be a part of the solution, right? Because at the end of the day, in some way, shape, or form, we have to find some sort of healing as a country. Uh, there, there's just no possible way we continue going on this path and and have, you know, a a life for, for the next generations, you know, to, to come, a, a country um, that is worth living in for, the, for future generations, right? So, I'm trying to put on this this empathy hat and and see people as as human and and even if I disagree with them, you know, on just about everything, still recognizing the the human in them and, and understanding that somewhere, you know, along the way we have some sort of, you know, similar ground, even if it's just the fact that we are living breathing human beings on planet Earth, right? So, with that in mind, I want to do an episode kind of talking about maybe ending this division of politics, healing it, or at the very least, just sort of exploring why things are the way that they are right now. Why are we so divided? Why are, you know, politics such a polarizing topic right now in a way that I've never seen in my lifetime, right? Where you have to choose, you know, a, a side of the aisle and and it represents everything that you stand for, right? And, and, and some of it for good reason. I think some of it is obviously very extreme. And I want to tackle it from both ends. And I want to try to be as as fair as humanly possible here. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to overly push my own ideas, you know, uh, maybe in the Mijente segment, I'll give you a breakdown of what I kind of feel. But when I tackle this and we do our, our deep dive, I want to actually reference an article that was written by a Republican, a conservative journalist. And and who I thought did a great job of sort of breaking down the the different sides of, of politics, you know, specifically the left and the right, right? The Democrats versus the Republicans. So I want to reference that. We'll do a deep dive in our for the people in the back. Like I said, I'm hit this segment. I'm going to kind of get a little bit more into how I am feeling and and some of my opinions. Again, you know, to be quite, you know, upfront, I, I voted Democrat in, in the last election and uh, you know, every election that I've been eligible for, you know, that that's the, the side that I, I stand with right now. Um, but again, even if you are a Republican, I encourage you to have an open mind because that's what I'm doing right now. I'm going into this with an open mind. And again, I'm referencing an article that was written by a Republican, right? I could have easily just gone down the the loop of MSNBC and, and pulled a blog about how crazy, you know, Republicans are and this, that, and the third. But I actually wanted to get a real perspective from the the other side a rational one though right and we'll, we'll get to kind of the, the differences as well uh for our ask a gringo segment i want to get y'all's take on on man the idea of having certain people in your life who don't share your same ideology and what does that look like for your relationship with them uh we'll get into all of that but first let's do this deep dive into uh this sort of cults of, of political affiliation if you will in a segment we call for the people in the back Say it louder for the people in the back All 
All right, so I found this article um, on on the Cook Political Report, and uh, it's it's by a journalist named Charlie Cook, and it's called "Different Cults on the Right and the Left." And in this article, he references a really interesting uh, other article, right? So it's an article within an article, a little uh, a little journalistic inception, if you if you will. Uh, but it, it's an article written by David French is is what's being referenced by uh, Charlie Cook. And and David French is this like evangelical Christian, you know, Harvard law trained uh, Iraq war veteran who now writes at, at places like the Dispatch and the Atlantic. And he is a self-proclaimed uh, conservative, but a noted Trump skeptic. Right. And I think this is sort of where we have to begin to designate you know, the differences here. I I don't want to judge people just off the get because they are Republican and and designate them as as evil. And, and listen, there are a lot of things that the Republican Party as a whole has backed, including Donald Trump that, you know, go against everything that I stand for. But again, I'm trying to put on that empathy hat and and and, you know, not generalize who people are based upon their political affiliation, because, again, I think that gets us nowhere, it just continues with fighting. But I like this distinction of, um, of of him being a Trump skeptic, right? Because to me, that is at least looking at things with a bit of rationality. Now, if you are someone who believes that you know uh, Hillary Clinton is a lizard and she's running some sort of pedophile uh, child sex trafficking ring, uh, you know that that uh, operates out of the basement of a pizza shop in Washington D.C., like this probably isn't the conversation for you. I personally can't speak to you, you know, because you just don't live in the real world. You don't live in, uh, you know, the world of, of rationality. And that that's, you know, I, I just don't have the time to waste, you know, uh, banging my head against the wall with someone who doesn't live in the same world that I live in. But anybody who's a, a bit more rational, you have family members who are a bit more rational. I'd like to just bring this conversation, um, you know, to the table. So in in a recent article that, that David French wrote, uh, it was for the dispatch and he called it quote, the cult of ideology versus the cult of personality. Now, French argues that the Democratic Party has moved quite decisively to the left and the median Democrat has moved far more to the left than the median Republican has moved to the right. So they're saying that the Democratic uh, voters have moved far more to being, um, you know, uh, radical leftists, if you will, right? To use the Republican terminology. Uh, and they've done it at a larger rate than the average Republican has moving to the extreme right. Now, this is based off of different statistics and studies that have been done. Um, you know, it's it's easy for me to brush off and say that that's nonsense because of the bubble that I exist in. But I think also that's a bit short-sighted to think that just because I don't see it that way in my circle of friends, my, you know, uh, news that I read doesn't mean that it may not be the the real thing. And I think uh, to be fair, there are, you know, uh, I, I believe the statistic um, was like one third of Republicans don't, you know, believe in Donald Trump, right? So there are that sort of rational Republican, uh, you know, base that exists out there that, you know, typically votes Republican, but is having, I guess, some sort of moral dilemma when it comes to Donald Trump. And again, it's it's it would be easy for me to just write off how much more do you need to see? And if you, you know, haven't seen that much uh, if you haven't seen enough for yourself to kind of make up your mind to not support the Republicans right now, I can easily sort of be someone who says uh, you're part of the problem. You are a, a racist by uh, affiliation. Right. But again, I'm not trying to stir that pot right now. And I'm not I wasn't saying that as like a backhanded way of, of stirring that pot. 
Um, you know, I understand those ideas. And I think that, you know, um, there could be some there is some truth in that. But I'm not trying to have that conversation right now. Again, that's more division than what I'm trying to do. But I did want to acknowledge, uh, you know, I know some of the counterpoints that are going to come from, from Democrats. Now, uh, moving on from from the Democratic Party, he then references the, the Republican Party. Right. And it says over in the GOP, French writes that the rights cult is different. Sure, it's beholden to Trump. But it's deeper. It's a cult of a certain personality, one that is relentlessly, personally, and often punitively aggressive. The aggression is mandatory. The ideology is malleable, right? And 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 I think that this is definitely something that I've seen, right? And and listen, I've been on you know social media and specifically TikTok recently, hitting that hard and putting up certain clips and the the you know. Uh, threats of violence that I get on there, you know, are, are man, a bit jarring, you know, to think that just because you don't agree with my point of view, it, it leads to some sort of threat of violence. And, and, you know, there have been times where I've been, you know, obviously pushing people's buttons and, and, and uh, you know, been, been that person saying, oh, these people are just stupid or they're being brainwashed, right? And again, I'm trying to move away from making those assumptions and those generalizations because I just think that that's beneath me and that's beneath, um, you know, my level of intellect. And I think all of our, our intellect, you know, I'd like to have a more nuanced conversation, which is my point with this. But even times where I've just been expressing a difference of opinion and not sort of been uh, roasting people, I've still gotten those sort of threats and that aggression, right? Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's showing you that the Republican base is is sort of being led with anger and aggression and uh, the threat of of violence or at the very least uh you know when they gaslight is sort of taking matters into your own hands and sort of leaving that open to the judgment of the of the you know specific person on how they want to interpret it right now obviously things like social media have only contributed to things uh becoming more divided right uh, in, in the article french references how um, how you can explain this sort of phenomenon, you know, that we're seeing right now that when, quote, like minded people gather, they tend to grow more extreme. And I think that the reason we're seeing division like we've never seen in, in, in my lifetime or, or probably many of the people living in their lifetime is because of social media, right, where we don't even have to leave the house to have a, a conversation that sort of fires us up, right? We can go on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, we could be in the comments arguing with people or we can be in the comments um, agreeing with people. We could be on TikTok and it's just feeding us more and more people who agree with our point of view and it's making us more and more invested in what we believe, right? And uh, and again, I don't think it's healthy on either side. I don't think it's healthy to be a Democrat who doesn't see any other side except for you know the Democratic point of view because let's be real. The Democrats haven't been perfect either, right? The Democrats have done a, a lot of things that I don't personally agree with. They've fallen short in a lot of ways and and haven't come through specifically for our community. You know, I mean, listen, uh, if, if we're being completely real, Obama, you know, was the deporter in chief, you know, a, a, as many would call him, deported a lot of people. So there are a lot of policies that I would disagree with. Uh, and, and then, you know, um, on the right, this is sort of where I begin to take issue and, and try to, um, appeal to anybody who's rational. The the issue with what's happening on the right, and, and as is mentioned here, is that aggression, anger, acts of violence are are what is being encouraged 
uh, as a means to back up your ideology, right? It's no longer let's have, uh, you know, a debate. It's I'm going to um, threaten you if you don't believe in what I, I believe in, right? I'm going to storm the Capitol. I'm going to, um, you know, have a, a hate crime against the LGBTQ plus community, you know, uh, and, and the list goes on. I'm going to, uh, you know, put anti-Semitic things on, on uh, you know, large um, posters and, and, and protest over, you know, a highway in, in Los Angeles, right? All things that, that happen and all things that display this sort of anger and angst that is being stirred by, by one side. And again, neither side has their hands clean. But I think, again, appealing to that rational Republican out there and, and sort of where I'm trying to get you to meet me in the middle is understanding that one party is specifically pushing acts of violence, right? And that's where you have to say enough is enough and I don't support that. That's the only way we sort of get past this, right? And again, both sides have some fuckery, but I'm just trying to appeal to anybody who is rational on the other side of the aisle who, um, you know, is, is sort of at a, a crossroads you know, sort of showing you that you cannot reward this behavior or it is just going to cause more and more turmoil for our country, you know, and for, for all of us as as human beings living here. Now, when it comes to the cult of personality, right, which is what um, David French refers to Republicans as, right? He Again, it's the cult of ideology for the, the uh, Democrats and the cult of personality for Republicans. French writes that in, in 2008, he and his wife formed a group to help persuade evangelical Christians that Mitt Romney was, quote, the best man for the world's most difficult job. He says, in our conversations, we emphasize his integrity, his decency, and his competence. And then he goes on to say, talk about missing your audience. Turns out that each of those virtues turned out to be less important than pugilism or aggression. But even then, the message for much of the grassroots was clear. Hit harder. No, hit even harder. Lack of aggression was perceived as lack of effort, a lack of will to win. Mitt's primary competitors weren't necessarily more conservative than him, but they were more aggressive, right? And he's, he's talking about how he is reaching out to fellow Christians and, and appealing to what should be their moral code, their moral compass, right? But they're willing to ignore that because they, they want somebody who is going to go out there yelling, uh, and, and be more aggressive, like they said, to be out there publicly fighting and causing a stir rather than someone who is calmly going to talk about policy um, and what they believe in as a, as a human being. Right. And, and in this article, um, they go on to say it's a phenomenon that existed on the right before Trump and will likely endure long past his era. But Trump was able to supercharge it. Quote, if you pay little attention to talk radio, French rights, you're likely missing the extent of devotion to the cult of aggression. The same thing goes for the top-rated television shows and websites. The same personality characteristics persist. It's pugilist almost all the way down. Reason voices are hard to find. And if you're like me, I had to Google what pugilist meant. It means uh, fighter. Just uh, just keep it at uh, 100 with you guys, anybody who's following along at home. So what he's, what he's saying here is this, that what Trump ended up doing was taking the want or, or what people perceived as their need for a more aggressive uh, politician, uh, as far as the Republicans were concerned, and he supercharged it, right? He became the most aggressive politician. He became the bully, right? And and for these people who wanted more of a fight out of their candidates and who perceive bullying and aggression and fighting as a sign of somebody's devotion to 
their political party. To them, this is why they are so obsessed with somebody like Donald Trump. And I'm having a bit of a breakthrough as I, I talk about this, right? A revelation. Because you have people who literally uh, will, will say Trump is the greatest president of all time. I love him. He can't do any wrong. He needs to be here. He's a real American. All of the above, right? The, these real devotees of, of Donald Trump. And for a long time, I didn't really get it. But again, when you look to this idea, this notion that Republicans were starving for a fighter, somebody who was going to be a bully to the Democrats who uh, many Republicans felt like were being were, were bullying them, right? Who felt like liberal media was dominating and Republican voices were being silenced and being bullied they, them, them, themselves, right? So they want somebody who's going to fight and be the ultimate fighter. And Donald Trump, you know, was was shit talking his way to the White House. And that's what they wanted, right? And that's why they love him, because they see that anger and that angst that Donald Trump has and expresses and him tearing people down and talking shit. They view that as a sign of his dedication to the people who support the Republican Party, a sign of his dedication to America. So, of course, to them, everybody else doesn't give a fuck about this country because they're not fighting as hard as he is. Right. The aggression, again, is being interpreted as his willingness to to fight for this country and save this country. Right. And and that is is sort of where I think people are beginning to get steered in the wrong direction. Right. It's no longer who has the best policy, who has the best moral ground and who fits uh, our conservative values. It is who is going to be the most extreme person, one up in the other one, as far as expressing aggression and tearing down the other side. It's why somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, you know, has has risen to to uh, to prominence or, or Lauren Boebert in Colorado. Right. Because they will call people out by name. They will talk shit, uh, even if it's not true. Their base will eat it up because, again, they are viewing that aggression, that willingness to fight as 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 a sign of their dedication to their job. Right. And and the reality is it's a dedication of creating a clip that gets them on on television, gets them talked about. Right. But that's not how the base is is seeing it. And and listen, I don't think the Republican Party is is sort of, uh, you know, a, alone in this in this notion. Again, to be fair, I think the Democrats have taken this other approach where. They, they sort of have just become like this uh, many, not all, but many of the, the outlets, you know, have become like a daytime talk show where they literally are just ripping on um, the, the Republican, you know, candidates and Donald Trump and things like that and finding ways to sort of uh, create like this satire of, of roasting the other party. And listen, are, are a lot of the things that they're saying true? Are, are these people, you know, uh, really a threat to democracy? Absolutely. You know, when they don't believe in, solidifying a, a presidential election that has, you know, gone through all of the, the possible court systems, you know, and uh, has gone all the way up to the Supreme Court, you know, when they don't believe in recognizing that, recognizing our democracy and will just believe the words of, of a candidate and take that as the ultimate truth. Yeah, that has to be called out. That has to be talked about. Right. Because that, that is, um, you know, no way for our country to operate where we don't live in the world of what is actually fact. Right. But it doesn't need to turn into um, the shade room. It doesn't need to turn into, uh, you know, Wendy Williams. You know, I, I often feel like I'm watching that when I look at somebody like jo, uh, Joy Joy Reid on uh, on MSNBC. And she's a brilliant woman, went to Harvard, all of the above. But it, it feels like I'm watching a gossip entertainment show. And it's no different than somebody like Tucker Carlson, who's using his creepy little laugh, um, you know, as a as a means to, to roast people on on his end. Right. And and I think that that's the the issue that we're 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 having in this country right now, right? Where it is, you know, uh, is not about 
what is actually right. It's it's just about who can rip into the other one uh, better at the end of the day. And again, I think what what these statistics have shown, what these people who have uh, you know are are public part of the Republican Party or uh, vote Republican are 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 talking about is that you know policy facts, um, you know actual uh, integrity, moral integrity, conservative values are being thrown out the window because people just want somebody who's essentially going to be a bully at this point. And that's why the Republican Party is operating in that way, because it has worked for them, you know. And and again, this is my appeal to to the other side is, is that really what you want in your leader? Somebody who's good at talking shit, you know, uh, and and is is just fighting for the sake of fighting? Or do you actually want somebody that represents your values, right? Herschel Walker, again, in Georgia is another example of this. How many allegations has this man had about alleged uh, abortions and things like that? Yet you have Christians who are, you know, fighting against uh, a woman's right to choose, saying that they support Herschel Walker. And again, it's just because he talks shit and, and he's backed by Donald Trump, the ultimate shit talker, right? Like this can't be your your sort of litmus test for how you vote, right? I don't care what side of the aisle you fall on. If you are just voting for somebody because they are good at roasting another person, we're going to be in a really dark place as a country if these people can seem to get in office. Again, somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, who, who is all about QAnon and conspiracy theories and all this nonsense, is, is somebody running around in Congress, right? The, the, has the ability to, to vote on things and create bills and is representing people. What has she actually done for her constituents? You know, what policies has she proposed that actually do anything for people, right? Nothing. It's all about uh, her getting clout and her way of getting clout was being a Republican extremist that got into office, right? And and was able to be a bully once again. Why do you think guns are so prevalent in Republican ads? You know, um, like this is what people have to wake up to. You know, the, the idea of this cult of MAGA and, and the Republican Party, they are galvanizing you by by basically just giving you what you want. You want somebody who's going to fight back because you feel like your side of, of the aisle has been disenfranchised. Your voice has been silenced. And sure, you can make an argument for that. But just somebody who is is going to talk shit on camera, that is is not enough uh, of a reason to elect them to be a representative for what is supposed to be the greatest country in the world. And again, we need people who live in the world of facts. We need people who are are rational thinkers. You know, these are supposed to be some of the most intelligent human beings to be walking our our country, you know, representing us. And then you look at, again, last example I'm going to pull is, is Governor Ron DeSantis, who has been in court recently and his lawyers had to define what the word woke meant to them. And they said, quote, the belief that there are systemic injustices in American society and the need to address them. So they are saying that woke is bad, right? The idea that we need to address systemic injustices in America is bad. How can anybody make an argument against that? The facts are there. We need to stop sweeping things under the rug. And again, if you are a rational human being, regardless of the aisle that you fall on, the facts are the facts. History is history. This country was built on the, the backs of people of color, of indigenous people, of slaves. Um, you know, land was taken away from indigenous people. The, 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 the South and, and, and everybody prospered off of having free labor from slaves, right? And they were never uh, given true uh, equality when they were were freed you know they they didn't get their their 40 acres in a mule you know they they were kept out of other conversations segregation you know happened redlining all these different things that has affected the black community for generations has affected people of color 
for generations, you know, and you can't deny that, right? That's a part of our history. Is it a dark history? Of course, but we have to acknowledge it as rational human beings, regardless of your political affiliation, you have to acknowledge a real history, right? That's where it begins. That's how we get to a real place of, of healing. Maybe you disagree with, you know, the solutions to these problems, but you first have to just acknowledge that there is, in fact, a problem, right? Redlining was a real thing. People of color were kept out of certain areas, right? And they were kept into uh, urban areas. And, and that's why you have such a high population of people of color, black and brown, living in urban areas. And those are the ones that were underfunded, right? And, and that were the least taken care of and least maintained by their, their government officials, right? And again, that is racism. That holds people back. That disenfranchises them when they're in the worst schools, dealing with the worst conditions, the least amount of funding. They are not going to be able to have a leg up to catch up to their white counterparts who once again have generations of a head start. And I'm not saying as a white human being, you have to feel guilty for being white, but you have to understand that whiteness, colonization, has had a profound impact on people of color around the world, but specifically in this country and how this country was founded, built, and maintained from the beginning until we live right now. You know, race has been a long-standing part of, of how things have been determined in this country. And again, you don't have to feel guilt. Nobody is saying that you have to be ashamed of being white, but we have to all think rationally. And to me, that is sort of where I extend my hand, where where we can meet in the middle. Let's just have a rational discussion about how this country was built, how wealth was built, you know, and, and who was sort of uh, left out of the, the ability to create wealth for a very long time. And they're now just playing catch up, right? Let's just have these rational conversations, not about anger and not about who can shit talk the most, but about facts and how we can repair the dark history of this country, right? That's all I'm, I'm asking for. I'm just asking for somebody to rationally look at history. And, and I, I think that that is uh, a real thing that we can do as long as people who are living in the real world and not believing in conspiracy theories and nonsense, um, as long as they're willing to have a conversation based around facts. That's all that I am asking for when it comes to this idea of you know, erasing this division that we see. Now, with that said, uh, I, I feel like I kind of went off on a tangent of my own uh, my own thoughts on this. So I'll give you a bit of a preview of our Mijenta segment. I'll probably keep Mijenta a little shorter today uh, for that reason. But let, let's talk a bit about kind of my own journey, my own kind of real feelings about this type of stuff. We'll, we'll continue that conversation in our Mijenta segment. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so for me, again, it's it's finding empathy for those who I don't agree with, right? And And who you know, have this sort of charged opinion that is it's charged on both sides. Their opinion, you know, puts me in a certain mood and in my opinion, puts them in a certain mood, right? There there are are a lot of nuances to things that we believe or things that we're all sort of supporting, right? How do I find empathy for somebody who um, is supporting a, a political party that that 
uh, is is wishing the worst for my people, right? For for people of color. And again, I'm not co-signing anybody's terrible behavior or disgusting or racist thoughts. I'm simply just saying we got to find some sort of middle ground to be able to come to the table as human beings, right? And I think there, there has to be a recognition of why are people so angry? Why do people feel so disenfranchised, right? Why is it that uh, much of the Republican Party from, from these conversations, these statistics, you know, why are they feeling like they need somebody who is a fighter? Why are they so angry? And, and as a whole, why are all of us so um, attached to our political ideology? Why is it our, our identity, right? And I think for people of color, it's a bit more difficult to separate that because laws and who's in power has a direct impact on our lives and our safety. But in general, why do we define so much of our identity over um, our political affiliation, right? And I think as a whole, people in general are just lacking a why, right? They're lacking a, a purpose in this life. And, and this reminds me of, um, of, of the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. If you haven't read it, it's incredible. I suggest it for everybody. But in that book, he says, quote, to be happy, we need something to solve, right? And I think that's human nature. So, you know, for, for me, my work keeps me incredibly busy. There's always an issue to solve. My studio has been a constant build out for the last few months. Every single day, I'm still doing something to finish it, right? Uh, I'm prepping for a podcast. I have to solve the problem. What's the next episode going to be about? Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a voice for my community. So that's an issue I'm trying to solve. What do I see as lacking from my community? And, 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 and all of the above, right? I, I wake up every day with a purpose, with a why, uh, uh, the simplest form, you know, recognizing that I want to communicate with people. I want to be connected to people as my, my why. And, and I've done a great deal of work of trying to connect to that. And, and finding my why is something new for me that I've recently been like honing in. I will maybe do an episode about that in the future. But again, I've recognized that in order for me to feel fulfilled, for me to feel happy, I have to feel like I am a part of something, like I am fighting for something. I am solving a problem, you know, uh, each and every day and, and, and solving one that I enjoy kind of going after, right? One that means something to me. So I think for a lot of people, you know, uh, who, who don't have that why, uh, who don't have a real sense of community or fulfillment in their work or their, their home life. You know, I think that they are all searching, many at least are searching for something to latch onto that gives them that sense of fulfillment, gives them a problem to solve, gives them a place that they can call home, a group of people that feels like a community to them that, that they can share like-minded ideas amongst, right? Uh, and I think the pandemic was a perfect example as to why kind of a lot of people were radicalized and conspiracy theories and this, that, and third. People were lonely and they're looking for something to latch onto and Facebook groups and social media gave them people to interact with on a regular basis that shared a certain ideology as them, right? I think it's no different than why some some people are so obsessed with church and religion and things like that. And I'm not here to to talk down on anybody's you know religious beliefs, but I think church um, does provide a sense of community. You go to the same place each and every week to hear a message. You see the same faces. You know, you share ideas amongst one another. I'm sure you have conversations with people. Uh, you enter the room knowing that these people, uh, at least in in some sort of way, share a similar mindset and moral value code to you. And there's a sense of comfort there feeling like you're not alone right but i think for a lot of people in this country who feel disenfranchised the middle class the blue collar workers you know who feel like they're not being seen you know who feel like they're not making enough money who uh, feel like their their jobs are being taken away you know by by tech or, or whomever right they feel like their opportunities are dwindling away and they're just angry for whatever reason it might be they feel like their life is not what it should be what it's supposed to be. They're looking for somebody to blame it on, right? And I think that's where a lot of that anger that we talk about comes from, right? 
they they feel like their needs are not being met and that they've been bullied into being silenced, that the people they look up to have been bullied into being silenced, right? And then they're looking for that hero, right? Who's that person who's going to stand up to them? Who's the the bully that's going to stand up to their bullies, right? And, you know, you enter somebody like Donald Trump, who is, uh, you know, a, a, a great marketer and a great shit talker and, and a great conversationalist, generally speaking, when it comes to uh, just finding ways to make things sound interesting, right? He he enters the room and and they suddenly feel seen. They They feel like somebody is fighting for them. And then now he's also giving them a purpose, right? He's saying that if you don't vote for me, you know, or you don't support the Republican Party, that this country is going to be taken over and your life is going to be completely miserable, right? Everything as you know it is going to be gone. The the left is um, radical communists or socialists and they want to, you know, take more taxes from you, more this, more that. And it doesn't matter if it's based upon fiction or, or fact, it's still coming from somebody who you feel like sees you. So you have, un, you know, undying loyalty to them, right? And even as Democrats, where... We have such a vis- visceral hate for Donald Trump and those who support him. We now are getting riled up by by people who are roasting anybody who's Republican, who are roasting Donald Trump, who are fact checking him and he's wrong. And we're getting obsessed with that. And and we are getting obsessed with, you know, arguing with other people. And we feel like they are so unintelligent because they're they're following things that actually aren't true. And we now have to correct them. And it's frustrating because they're so, quote unquote, dumb. Right. We're all being like you know, stirred in this giant pot to to sort of, you know, fight amongst one another. And, and who really is benefiting at the end of the day? Politicians, the media who, uh, you know, is, is exploding right now as far as, you know, um, political news and things like that. Politics has now become a part of pop culture. So, you know, pop culture paychecks are coming in there for a lot of these newscasters. People like Tucker Carlson are getting ratings like they've never seen before, where they're the top show in late night all of a sudden, right? So, they're the ones benefiting from it. So, of course, they are stirring the pot where we as the everyday person who, who truly have the most to lose. We're, we're getting played for as a fool. Where we're just fighting amongst each other uh, incoherently for no real reason. And again, this doesn't you know, matter. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you fall on. I think we're all sort of a part of the pot that's being stirred right now. But again, you have to just live in the rational real world. And and my my unbiased opinion is that while the Democrats are a lot of talk and not enough action, um, a lot of placating, a lot of kind of dangling that carrot on a stick. On the flip side of that, the Republicans are are just trying to one up each other to to continue this sort of aggression and bringing out aggression in their constituents because they know that's what helps them maintain power. And I think that that's what is the scary part. And I've said that a million and one times, you have one party who's literally willing to do anything to maintain that power. Again, look at Donald Trump, no real proof or evidence. There were recounts, there were court cases, you know, multiple states all over the country. Nobody found widespread voter fraud. But just because he said it, he now has people committing acts of violence, things that are are treason, right? No matter what way you spin it, what happened on January 6th, was treason. And if you are a rational person, regardless of the aisle that you fall on, that was treason. You can't look away from that. People were assaulted. Police officers were assaulted. They they broke through into a, a you know a sacred place in this country. They were chanting things like hang Mike Pence. Again, I don't care if you have traditionally voted Republican. All I'm asking for you to be is a rational human being at this point, right? 
that's where we have to kind of find that middle ground again. Uh, as divisive as the world that we live in is, it's only going to get worse if we don't begin to have real, honest conversations with ourselves, those around us, and also try and have conversations with each other who, you know, maybe we don't agree on things, but we are just rational human beings trying to figure it out, right? And and that's what I'm, again, appealing to. Some people are just going to be lost causes. Some people are going to believe, again, you know, lizard people, JFK Jr. is not dead, blah, 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 all these crazy conspiracy theories, right? I can't speak to those people. But if you're a rational human being living in the real world who is, uh, you know, cognizant of, of real things, I'm asking you to, to, to really be, you know, uh, open and actually both sides to being open. And let's just put out facts. Let's just do some, some fact checking, have a fact based conversation. That's the fucking start right there. Right. And, and again, when it comes to the idea of empathy, for me and what I would encourage others, rather than quickly writing others off, because again, that's only going to continue the division. What is it about the messaging that is striking for them, right? These people who are are unable to sort of look away from, from somebody like Donald Trump, what is really connecting for them, right? And again, if you're able to see them as somebody who feels like they have no purpose in life, like they are disenfranchised in some sort of way, um, you know, I think you can begin to maybe let that guard down and have a conversation. Now, again, they have to be a rational human being who is willing to have a conversation with you. They have to meet you halfway. It takes two to tango. But my point is, I think all of us have to be able to look at each other as human beings and find the empathy in some sort of way, understanding that we're not all crazy for the beliefs that we the beliefs that we have, regardless of what side of the aisle you fall on. Right. Understanding that we all believe what we believe for a certain reason. Right. And that if we are you know, all of sound mind and body, we should be able to sit down and have a real conversation uh, and, and meet maybe somewhere in the middle. It doesn't have to be so left or so right. Uh, again, I think empathy goes a long way. And I think for those people who have found themselves maybe voting against uh, what were their true morals or their, their true interests, you know, rethink wh- who have you been supporting over the last few years? What do they truly stand on? What do you actually like about them, right? You know, if you were a Trump supporter, do some fact checks about him, you know, like go all over the Internet, look at different, you know, trusted publications and, and do some real fact checks. If you want to look at politics, right, don't just take what they're telling you and, and believe it as as the gospel, right, about uh, inflation and gas prices and all this kind of stuff. Look into the fact that certain gas companies are, are uh, you know, talking about having record profits in, in this last quarter, right? That's not Joe Biden raising the gas prices and they're getting record profits. No, that's these gasoline companies price gouging us and and recording record profits. We should all be pissed at them uh, and and not sitting here trying to blame Joe Biden for some sort of unbased uh, issue. Again, inflation is a global thing, right? Everybody's blaming Joe Biden for inflation in this country right now. And no, nobody's I'm not saying it's perfect in all these done, but inflation is a global problem right now based upon the pandemic. Like dig a little bit deeper than what's being told to you. Multiple countries around the world, high powered countries like ours are experiencing inflation as a result of the pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic. And we actually are experiencing less of it than many countries around the world. So what you have to look at is these talking points that they're giving that they're scaring you with are not all fact based. And all I'm asking once again, dig a little deeper. If I can like break through to anybody who doesn't believe the, the same thing as I do. Just dig a little bit deeper into the talking points that, that they're, they're giving you, right? What are the real, real facts? Who are the people to really blame? 
Um, is this really just an American Joe Biden problem or is this something that's literally happening to the global economy, right? And the last thing I'll say on that, because I know one response that I got on TikTok was, I don't care about the global economy, I care about the US. We live in a country where roughly a third of, of everything that we consume uh, or, or purchase is imported. So the global economy and other countries suffering from inflation and having to raise their prices, uh, that affects us because when we import it, guess what? We, the consumer, get passed on all of the extra money that, that was uh, you know, added to our normal goods. So the global economy matters for, for us here in the U.S. But again, that is not something that somebody like Tucker Carlson is going to tell you. Any of these candidates running for office, they're just going to tell you it's Joe Biden's fault that you're paying more money for uh, you know, items than you did before and ignoring the fact that this is a global problem and the consumer is always going to be the one who has to deal with uh, an, an issue from something like inflation because these companies are not going to take a hit. They're not going to take the loss. They're going to pass the buck onto us, the consumer. And these gas companies, knowing that we're willing to pay higher prices for gas, are going to do their best to keep the prices high and price gouges and then be able to report record profits for, for them and their board members, right? Again, it's bigger than just the president. Please dig a bit deeper. That's the, the, the conversation I would love to have with people. Again, appealing with that sort of empathy and giving you the consideration that you're a human. I'm not going to say you're an idiot, right? I don't want to sit here and, and offend people. I literally am just asking, dig a little bit deeper into some of the talking points that are being thrown to you and then make a decision on what you believe or what you, you know, uh, don't agree with as well. Now, uh, I, I kind of blacked out for a second on my soapbox there. We've been, we've been kind of getting around here and I'm hoping that I'm also just giving people some advice on how to deal with like anybody in your life who you may disagree with politically or you feel like has gone off the rails. Um, I thought my guest last week, Maria uh, Diaz, had a great story about her friend who uh, her father voted for Trump and they, they just had a civilized sort of email back and forth fact checking some of the things that uh, you know were reasons why he supported Donald Trump or, or didn't support Joe Biden. And I think we should all be able to have that rational conversation. We all just kind of have to come back down to baseline and, and stop with the polarization and just look at each other as, as human beings and just talk about facts. Calmly talk about the facts. Now, with that said, I want to get y'all's take on, on a question that I posed on Instagram relating to what we're talking about today in our Ask a Gringo segment. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me, sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ask a gringo. All right, so for our Ask a Gringo segment, I simply just ask people, are you able to stay friends with someone who has a different political affiliation or, you know, if it's family, 
Are you able to have them as a part of your life? So I got a bunch of responses. I'm going to try to get to a few here. Um, let's start with at Nani Renee. They say, used to be able to very easily until Trump happened. Now I find it very difficult. Yeah, and I, I think that that's kind of what we're talking about today, right? This polarization that has happened where there's no more like a middle, right? The, you have to either be left or right, and you have to be all in on on what you believe in and unwilling to see the other side, um, you know? And, and, and to a degree, I get it because I think there are there is so much at stake. I think somebody like Trump is divisive by nature. It's by design. That's how he was able to win, you know, creating division was a part of his strategy, right? Again, you know, we kind of referenced that article where somebody like Mitt Romney, they were trying to appeal to people's like, you know, uh, Christian values and morality and things like that. And uh, Donald Trump gave them this sort of shit talking fighter um, and and like supercharged it, right? And and uh, and amongst that, by becoming a bully, you 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 polarize people, right? And and that's sort of uh, why I understand kind of the you know, the, the idea that Trump has made it very difficult to make that distinction. I know for me, you know, um, I've grown up with family members who are Republican and, and granted, I was a bit younger. I didn't, you know, think much of it. But I think in today's day and age, the idea of maintaining yourself as a Republican, as a Trump supporter does have a lot of implications specifically for people of color when you talk about, um, you know, all that he said about uh, our Mexican brothers and sisters, you know, uh, being rapists and drug dealers and all that kind of stuff. And in general, uh, things he said about people of color, you know, um, has made it really difficult. But I think we we sort of do have to once again find that empathy if we're ever going to try to get this thing back down to zero, right? Get back down to some normal normalcy in our our country. Uh, we're going to have to kind of put some of that resentment behind us and just start having real conversations. Now let's see. Oh, oh this is a great example. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna shout out his Instagram uh, handle because I don't want to give him any clout. Because this guy just follows me, um, just as a means to like jump in my comments, talking random bullshit about uh, Donald Trump or calling me a communist or whatever other nonsense uh, that he spews. But his simple response was Trump 2024. And again, this shows you that just like dickhead mentality of like a high school bully. Who is just like, you know, fuck your feelings, you know, uh, Trump 2024, right? Like that, that's so much of a lot of the Trump base. And, you know, as he is the representative of the Republican Party, it's hard not to throw every Republican in that same polluted bathwater as him, right? Especially when you have, again, people like this make it really difficult, right? I would love to just rip into this human being for, for, uh, you know, man, his, I would love to rip into him. I would catch myself. I'm, I'm trying to show some empathy, but you know, uh, a, again, because it is divisive by design, right? It is this bullying mentality um, and this sort of uh, man, just weird fucking obsession with this human being. And again, when you break it down to people wanted to feel like they were, somebody was fighting for them, I, I I get it from that perspective. But yeah, it's this weird this obsession. I don't want to say weird. This obsession with this human being um, that they themselves are are being co-signed as a bully, right? Like he makes it okay to bully others and to like, you know, force your opinion down the throats of other people. Um, and, and, you know, they deserve to be attacked if they don't believe what you say. Right. And I think that's where it becomes difficult to have those conversations with anybody who does support somebody like Trump or the Republican party, because again, you know, uh, a vote for that does tend to co-sign people like this and, and that bullying mentality. 
Now, last one I'm going to read here is, um, let's see, at VietDDog21, he says, absolutely. We all have to be able to respect others' views, whether we agree or not. Everyone comes at it from a different perspective or angle. The biggest part is being able to listen to the other side without being closed-minded and seeing from other perspectives why they feel the way they do. Unfortunately, that's the hard part for most. And and yeah, I think, you know, I agree that we have to be able to be open to other people's perspectives. And this is where I get torn, right? And and I'm still on that journey of really being open and, and being empathetic and trying to come to the table with anybody who is willing to have a real conversation, not just like a screaming match or, or you know, threatening somebody. Um, it, it, it's tough because the implications of supporting somebody like Donald Trump, you know, um, Ha- those those I should say have real imp- like the support of Donald Trump has real implications on my community, the community that I stand so proudly for, right? That I try and be a, a voice and a beacon of light for, right? You know, my people are the ones that he was calling rapists and drug dealers, you know, which led to then more hate crimes, you know, uh, and and you know my support of the LGBTQ community and the hate, you know, and rhetoric that is being spewed amongst the trans and and gay community that is leading to violence against them. Um, you know, as a result, all of that, you know, makes it really difficult to be open to hearing somebody else's perspective because at the end of the day, you're supporting hate, you're supporting racism, right? Now, again, I'm not there completely yet, but I think that is the right thing. We have to be open to hearing their perspective. And, And even if their perspective is full of nonsense, right? Because the idea that like all this trans hate that's happening is because it's like a you know tra- being transgender is like a gateway to pedophilia. That's that's a n- it's not real. It's not based in reality. It's just fear mongering that's being pushed on you. I think we have to be willing to dig a bit deeper and get past our own anger and, and justifiable anger. And again, I'm still working on this, but wonder why does this human being believe this so adamantly? Right? Why was the the shooter? Um, you know, the, the mass shooter at the, the, the club in Colorado, why was his father, uh, more, you know, more angry at the fact that he was at a gay club than the fact that he, you know, uh, shot and killed five people injuring, uh, you know, almost 20 others. Right. Like that's the, the question I think we, we really need to be digging deep to because that's the only way we heal. Right. Why are people feeling so seen and validated by these issues being brought up? You know, what is it saying about, you know, what they're lacking in their life? And again, I'm not completely there yet, but I'm just providing. I think that's the real solution. Being able to come to the table and ask the deeper question, you know, why do you believe that, you know, your livelihood is being threatened by the Democrats so deeply? Right. Like what specific thing are the Democrats doing or proposing that is making you feel like your livelihood is threatened? Right. And and again, asking the question, why do you resonate so deeply with who you do, right? Why are you bl- blindly voting for a Democrat? Why are you blindly voting Republican? Um, you know, and, and those who are so extreme on either side, why are what, you know, like what, where does that extremism come from that you can't see anything else but that? And again, it, it is really tough because you can't help but feel like anybody who supports someone like Donald Trump, you know, uh, doesn't give a fuck about me or or where I come from or my people or my own safety, right? And I think that is a very real feeling, a very real fear. Uh, and if we truly like broke that down into 
the words that he said and many of the things that have happened as a result. Uh, I think we are incredibly justified and there is some factual uh, you know, backing as to why we, we would be scared and, and should be concerned of that kind of rhetoric. But I, I, I do think there is, you know, certain people who are believing certain things because it's striking a chord for them. And it might not be the racism that is striking a chord for them. For some people, obviously, it very much is, right? But but for the the rational person, again, what is it that's striking a core? What what messaging, what attitude is is striking a core for you and and why, right? Because for some people, they're not co-signing the racist stuff, but they're just, I, I guess, really charged up by the other stuff that's being said, right? And so much so that they can sort of turn a blind eye to the blatant racism and hate and bigotry, right? And again, I'm not saying that that's correct, but I'd be curious as to what about the other thing gets you so hyped up that you can sort of blindly ignore this other stuff, right? And again, those are the conversations. And I feel like, I'm, man, I'm stealing from what could be a good conclusion to do. So I'm gonna take a pause there. Thank you to everybody that participated in this conversation at DJ Dramos on Instagram. I do this for each and every episode. Uh, I'm on a roll right now. So let's go into, you know, conclusions to tie everything we talked about in a neat little bow. Time for conclusions to. So I, I think what I was getting at there, I'm not going to over, you know, overly drag this out or anything like that. But what I was getting at there is I think there's always a deeper question to be asked, right? I, I think the idea of empathy in, in what I'm talking about is, is not jumping to snap judgments uh, fueled by anger or frustration, right? It's very easy to see somebody's uh, comment on TikTok and be like, this person's a fucking idiot. This person is a racist. This person doesn't live in the real world, right? It's very easy to label them as a weirdo, a crazy person, whatever it might be. But I think, again, the, the only real place of healing comes from wanting to ask the the secondary question right to push past what's on the surface and to and to sort of understand where it's coming from right and again i think certain people are 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 maybe you know i don't want to say long gone but you know for the time being are not worth uh my time as far as having a conversation with right somebody like kanye west and all that he's been saying i i'd be interested to hear what is the deeper layer that is making this man spew hate and go against everything he's ever stood for. But at the same time, you know, I'm not going to waste my time, uh, you know, wanting to hear that conversation from him right now. Or, you know, if I was somebody with a large platform, I wouldn't be wanting to give him that platform to figure this out. Like he needs to do some do some internal work. And then maybe, you know, we can have that conversation hypothetically. Right. So I think there are people like that. But again, if we're really going to try to get this back down to zero, get this back down to baseline, we have to be willing to ask those second and third questions, right? To dig a bit deeper into why people are so fired up in the way that they are, uh, you know, behind whatever it might be, you know, what the reason that they support this person, what about this person has them so fired up that they are literally basing their entire identity around the support of this political party or this political figure, right? And I, I think that's where that empathy begins. I'm not completely there yet. I'm I'm doing my best to not respond to like the trolls on social media. Um, and and that's kind of my, my practice right now, as hard as it is. And, and some of the frustrating things that I read, um, you know, I just don't think anything comes from us arguing in the comments of a TikTok video or an Instagram post or anything like that. You know, but again, you know, uh, my appeal is to those who genuinely want to to get to a place of healing and, and who want to sort of uh, solve this division that's happening regardless of the aisle that you fall on 
and and truly just dig deeper as to why I feel the way I do and, and why you feel the way you do, right? Those are the conversations I'm longing to to have and to propose for others to have. And again, I'm not uh, sure if I'm completely at the point in my my sort of journey that I'm able to have that and not feel some type of way, um, you know, by the things that certain people stand by and support, again, because of what it means for my community and the threats that it has posed for my community. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I can completely just sort of block that out of my head and just have a conversation. But I, I do know that that is where healing comes from. You know, healing is on the the other side of that anger and that resentment that I have for that person, right? And and healing is is where those second and third uh, questions come from as far as, you know, the level of, of somebody's beliefs. And again, I'm still a work in progress. I'm not sure if I'm there yet, but I'm proposing that idea and I'm, I'm challenging everybody who listens to this to try and, and, and have that sort of uh, openness to wanting to dig just a bit deeper, um, understanding that that's where I think the healing uh, begins. And, and, and hopefully we can, you know, one day kind of get to that place again as, as a country and, and, uh, you know, uh, while again, it's never been, you know, perfect or or maybe even great for people of color in America. Uh, I think the fact that we always swept hard conversations like this under the rug is why we are where we are. And again, it's sitting down at the table, having those hard conversations, um, not in anger or resentment, but in genuine curiosity as to the other person or other side's experience. You know, that's where the real healing that we have never done as a country. Uh, will come from and that's sort of the whole idea that I'm talking about when it comes to you know healing this division that we see in America and and, in politics as a whole right now now with that said thank y'all so much for tuning in and I hope that that made sense I think this is just again like I was taking a walk with my dog and I thought about this topic um, you know today and and I just kind of allowed myself to riff on it and I hope that it connects with a lot of people Um, I know that I'm looking to to be more of the positive change and and more of um you know a change agent and somebody who can maybe heal others um you know by by providing some sort of empathy and not just be another person in media stirring the pot and and coming up with you know witty one-liners to you know uh, roast the other side like i want to really have conversations and um you know get us back into a better place as a, as a country and, and as human beings in general so that's what i'm challenging myself to do right now But anyway, again, thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll be back on Thursday for our Thursday Trends episode. Drombles.com for all your merch. And uh, anybody who's been reviewing, liking, subscribing, um, man, thank you so, so much. We've been getting some of the statistics back from this last year. We had crazy, crazy numbers on on, uh, places like Spotify and, and, of course, Apple Podcasts and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and all of which have given us, you know, support on their front pages, Apple podcast, of course, Spotify, Amazon music, the iHeartRadio app. Everybody's been really supportive on Spotify. I had posted this for, for people who follow me on Instagram, but like we were in the top 5% of most followed podcasts and most shared podcasts in the entire world globally, which is insane to me. So, um, thank y'all for that support and like subscribing, leaving reviews, all that stuff matters again that that put us into that top five percent and it begins to open the doors for for more opportunities for this podcast to grow so if you haven't yet hit that subscribe button it really does help out i genuinely appreciate it and man i'll catch you on thursday until then stay safe man try to try to wear that empathy hat man and uh, and, and see how it fits and i'll uh, i'll catch you all next time peace
Life as a Gringo is a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Today. 